What's up everyone and welcome to episode 76 of the Justin Insight Podcast, the show where I, Tim Birkbeck, talk to people in the alternative music world and find out what makes them tick. Uh, sorry we're a day late, but uh, been a bit manic over the last few days and things have just kind of slipped by the wayside, um, but all in the name of fun. So after me having a insanely stressful week at work, uh, I've had five days of five shows, well, three shows, one of which is a, a a three-day festival, um, which all culminated on the bank holiday Monday here in the UK. Um, Ended up getting back to my house very late, uh, well, early Monday, Tuesday morning, so didn't have any chance to record, edit or anything the podcast for it to go up Tuesday, so we're going out on Wednesday instead. But hey-ho, as always, we'd like to deliver here on Just an Insight. Fun did start for me on Thursday though. My band, The Divorcee, we had a show here in Portsmouth, which was, which was lots of fun. Uh, and then Friday went down to Brighton, saw Full of Hell, uh, which was just insane. That band keep coming up with innovative ways to kind of hone their craft and their sound, um, and they're just always a cracking live band as well. So that was really cool. And then Saturday started three days of mosh tastic, hardcore uh, upsurge festival in London. Um, which is sadly my last festival of the festival season. So we're all done with with festivals now. Um, as I mentioned in last week's episode, we're going to get all the ATG stuff out of the way, and then we're back to normality in terms of the podcast. Um, in terms of of upsurge, it was really cool. Of I'm a big lover of of hardcore music, but I do have my gropes with it. Crowd killing being one of them. Um, I just I don't get it. Like. There was a point uh, during the weekend, I can't remember which band was playing, but there was people who were quote-unquote friends, like literally throwing full-on punches at each other. And like people in the crowd, like I was stood there taking photos, I got a couple of kicks and stuff. It's just like, I just, I don't understand it. Like go hard, like moshing, that's fine, but don't hit innocent bystanders. It just doesn't make any sense to me um there was also a weird situation where there was two videographers just like like again cool like you're documenting it and everything but they were just stood on the corner at the front of the stage and it's like you're kind of blocking the view a little bit bro like if there was i saw people complaining on the on twitter about like the amount of photographers one of them being myself but like i just do it as a bit of fun like i don't take myself seriously when i take photos like I'm, i apologize if i got in anyone's way i hope i didn't but yeah it was just a bit of a weird atmosphere with some of it but in terms of the bands like all the music was was really really cool uh Svalbard and Watch Cries absolutely killed it from a proper friend's perspective but bands of the weekends were the two two of the closers uh Sanction and Harm's Way were just on another level like so hard Sanction were just nuts and so yeah I, I picked up both their records as well um this is color was really cool to see them back like yeah that was really cool um and my friends and who cares i'm gonna give them a shout out like they were they were really fun on the on the saturday as well so yeah upsurge well done guys hopefully see you again next year um maybe a bit of a bigger venue maybe try the underworld that would be pretty pretty sick we'll we'll wait and see um but yeah, unfortunately came crashing back to reality today, which sucks, but hey, that's life. Um, so we'll get into this week's guest, and as I mentioned, it's a, the second episode which was recorded at Art Tangent. 
Uh, I'm joined by Dan Miller and Joss Gould from the band Tides of Man. Uh, we discuss the band's changing transformation into being an instrumental band, uh, how their new record, Everything, oh, sorry, Every Nothing, uh, is kind of, in their view, a true reflection of what the band's sound wanted to be and how it's going in the new direction. Um, and we talk about how the band now works log- logistically as uh, Josh now lives here in the UK. Um, so yeah, we get into all of that. So yeah, here we go. Enjoy my chat with Dan and Josh, and I'll see you on the other side. So I'm sat here at Art Tangent uh, with two members of Titan Men. If you can introduce yourself and what you do in the band. Yeah, I'm Dan Miller. I play guitar. And I'm Josh Gould, and I play the drums. Um, Obviously, at the moment on tour with, with Blanket, how many dates are we in at the moment? Um, it was just like a week of dates. Okay. Uh, we played we played a festival in Switzerland uh, before we joined up with Blanket, so we've been over here for like three weeks. Yeah. But how's it How's it been? Any particular highlights? Um, yeah, man, the show's been rad. Uh, London was really great, um, and uh, was it Sheffield? Sheffield was good. Leicester yeah. was good. Out. Yeah, it seems like you know since the album came out that. You know, more people are coming out, which just makes sense. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, well, good. I'll start with the, the new album because I think a lot of people. It seems to be kind of a jumping in point for you guys, even though you've been around for over ten years now. The the new record seems to really have resonated with a lot of people that are obviously into sort of the post rock sound, but also kind of just general sort of alternative music. So, have you found that? on maybe not just over here in the uk but just in general touring this album that you picked up more fans well the album just came out so we haven't really gotten a chance to tour uh the us yet we're we're working on that right now um so this tour the album came out on this tour okay uh and that's basically what you said uh i feel like you know people are starting to pick it up and we've noticed i think it's been interesting like some of the people coming out to shows like talk to some like people like my dad's age and, <laughs> yeah. like that's but that's so rad like I feel like um, you know it seems it's like I feel like our audience is being is becoming more broad yeah which is really cool and <laughs> as I said before I kind of hit the record button I like to sort of take my guests back at to the beginning how they sort of started their musical journey so Dan what kind of got you into alternative music in the, in the first place um man I like grew up on punk rock Tony Hawk's Pro Skater <laughs> nice the soundtrack man like turned me on to like yeah, bands yeah. like Bad Religion and uh from there like got into like Rise Against and AFI and uh Thrice Thrice has been a big influence on me so kind of just like grew from there yeah and uh discovered post-rock and instrumental stuff and uh cloud kicker was i think like our our big cloud kicker like made us decide to become an instrumental band I think. right and um, josh what about yourself how was your sort of gateway in yeah mine was interesting i was into like sort of the 90s pop rock you know like limp biscuit uh corn all that stuff (laughs) then i got into hip-hop and then i uh, when i was taking drum lessons my drum teacher got me into like motown and led zeppelin because led zeppelin was in like john bonham was into motown so then i went on a whole journey into that um 
and then kind of my first like alternative entrance was probably Mars Volta and what nice. kind of broadened my horizons yeah. into just thinking differently and the first time I heard Mars Volta I couldn't stand it and then I <laughs> and then I listened to it again and I was like this is the best thing yeah, yeah. I think that's the band like because I was a big sort of out the driving fan so when I first heard Mars Volta I was like what have they done sort of thing but like visiting yeah. again it's like this is just pure genius sort of yeah. thing Yeah, is amazing oh it still it still holds up today I think yeah. it's still an incredible record 100% and in terms of uh, instruments kind of Josh, was drums always something you were, were drawn to, or was it kind of something you fell into? I uh, I started with violin. Oh wow! I started playing the violin like a guitar. <laughs> okay. So then my mom <laughs> gave me guitar lessons, and then I started banging on the guitar body. <laughs> so then she got me drum lessons, and that's where I ended up. So it was just, it was just sort of a, an elevation of sort of banging on things. <laughs> yeah, until you got to I think trial, trial and error. I think the drums is the last thing because you can't really go deeper than hitting on something <laughs> yeah yeah and that they both yourself um so my my brother is a little bit younger than me but he asked for a guitar for christmas right. and it's like something that i wanted to ask for but i felt like kind of you were kind of like thing. yeah like and uh and actually my dad uh got this old Framus guitar from that was actually his grandfather's and the action was like literally the strings were like four inches from the fretboard <laughs> and I learned uh, a handful of songs and uh, just like ultimate guitar tabs and all that stuff mm. and kind of just like dove deep and I don't know I've all like the only instrument I played well is guitar yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of kind of you guys coming to together how did you sort of first meet was it sort of growing up in the same areas or how, how did sort of Tides of Man sort of come to, come to be yeah I mean it was uh, Alan the bassist and I um, we had a band with a keyboard player and uh, we started playing and then Spencer our other guitarist uh, he came in and then the keyboard player left so then we were a three piece instrumental band uh, this was in like 2007 or yeah. something like that so we started off as like an instrumental band and then um, Adam and Tillian uh, our old guitarist and old singer came in and that's where we started officially tied to man yeah. um, and then Adam and Tillian and then we're gone and then well sort of Adam left first and then um, I Dan came in yeah I came in in 2010 uh, touring the Dreamhouse record, and uh, we split with Tillian on tour, and then uh, I've been with the band since then. Mm. So he's been in the band pretty much it, more yeah. than <laughs> yeah Tillian. And, all that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, though that first record obviously does have vocals on it. So right. when the kind of bands started, was it to be that? Because I think there's for me there's very much that kind of circus survive kind of sound to it so was that the the ambition or was it just the way that you kind of played how did you do you like the initials of ties of man yeah. sound want to be yeah i, I feel like it was just like probably just collectively as a group like that's like kind of the music everyone was into yeah like 
that they could agree on. <laughs> yeah, we liked in, instrumental. Like, we started out instrumental, and then, uh, you know, when Adam came, and then Adam brought Tillion on, then it kind of, we formed it into this sort of circus survive type thing. Yeah. But before that, we were all into, like, Mogwai, like Mr. Beast, and all that, and Explosions in the Sky, so. Yeah, I so think Tides has always been, like, an honest band as far as, like, the sound. It's just, like, what, whether... You know, like the the old prog stuff with vocals or the whatever post rock instrumental stuff. It's like we just play what we like. Yeah. You know, it's like we're all into lots of different music, but it's like we just write, and if we agree that something sounds cool, like <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, that's how we go about it. You know. And in terms of kind, of, you said obviously the initial sort of embryonic stages was an instrumental band, so. When Tillian left to, to going on to the first sort of, I guess, instrumental album to where we are now, like, was it kind of an easy step to go back into that mind frame of writing sort of for an instrumental band? Yeah, I think so. I think it was pretty. We we wanted to find singers, so we were like, I think that's maybe why you know, Young Courageous might sound different to Every Nothing, yeah. uh, even is because we wrote Young Courageous a lot of those songs to have vocals on them. Mm. I think, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know if it was easy. I think we were kind of, uh, like, I think we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. Yeah. And uh, we kind of, like, stumbled our way through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like, I'm super proud of Young Courageous, and I think, uh, like, originally the demos were written with vocals in mind, but we... We kind of reworked things before we officially recorded, mm. and to to try and keep it interesting, yeah, and like on its own without vocals, so, mm. yeah. And I mentioned of earlier, obviously, some people maybe currently see you guys sort of fresh ears now, something that you have been doing for over ten years now. So. I think uh, the writing process for this new album, I mean, like, so Josh lives over here in London, oh, okay. actually, yeah. and so the whole writing process was uh, was tough on this record, because I think we were all, like, putting in all our effort, but also, like, I mean, like, <laughs> people living in different places, we're trying to coordinate everything. Yeah. We recorded in two different studios. Uh, it was, you know, it was a long process, a long writing process. We demoed everything like, like intensely, demoed everything out, and then went into the recording process. And that took Josh. He recorded drums in over a year ago. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we just put the album out two weeks ago. Like, yeah. You yeah. know, it was, it was. I've never ever put more effort into anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how long have you lived over here then, Josh? Uh, I lived over here for I've lived here for like four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not like a, a recent sort of spare of the moment kind no, of thing. No, but through you know it took us four years to sort of from when Young Courageous came out to this one. I've been I've been going back to Florida every other yeah. month or yeah, something yeah. like that just to write. Yeah. Has that has that been quite hard or? Has it been sort of quite refreshing to do it that way? Uh, I mean, I like to travel and stuff like that, but it's definitely 
hurts the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of kind of the the move from Young Courageous to um, Every Nothing is kind of I don't know, like as you say, you wrote songs that were kind of meant for vocals, but this time obviously it is predominantly this is an instrumental track. So did you find that writing this record kind of I don't know, you found the, the Tyson Man sound that you wanted to go for this time round? I'm super proud of this record and I think I mean as far as I'm concerned it's like the exact music I wanted to write. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just you know, it was definitely like more interest before we didn't really know what we were doing on Young Courageous, we were kinda just jamming things out and stuff like that. So it's mm. definitely interesting to have like we know this isn't gonna have vocals, we know that this is, you know, gonna be an instrumental album, so it's yeah, I mean, I love it. It's the exact type of music I yeah. like to play. So. And I, I keep harping back for how long you've been, been a band, but obviously there are fans that have been with you since day one that are with you now. So yeah. have you kind of, what's their kind of, I don't know, I guess appreciation for you guys been? Has it been a, a sort of like that they've had to kind of grow with you or have they kind of taken a step back to kind of process how things have done? How have you found, found the reaction? I think, um, I mean, it was interesting, like, going back to recording, or, you know, writing and recording Young Courageous, we, we did, like, an Indiegogo campaign, mm. and we didn't know how it was going to go, and those were our, our existing fans from yeah. the vocal, you know, centric uh, part of our band's history, and they kind of came with us. I mean, we've, we've only grown since then, mm. and I'm, like, we get the odd comment here and there like get a singer but like I think overwhelmingly people have been appreciative and supportive and I think you know we've held on to a lot of fans mm. which is yeah. really really cool and obviously you said the the album has literally this sort of hot off the press sort of thing but I was gave it a, a spin last week obviously kind of in preparation for coming here and things and just from the opening track it just sounds absolutely huge like straight off the bat so was that kind of the the idea was, is to kind of make that first track almost like a statement like this is Tyson Man 2018 <laughs> this is what you want to do I don't I don't think it was intentional because um, I mean like all the songs were kind of written over like a long period of time but we kind of like looked at what we had and like we were like that, that's the opener like we, <laughs> yeah. we, we knew that song was the first song on the album and we knew the last song was the last song on yeah. the album and like everything else we kind of played around with arrangements until we were like uh, we really love the flow of this record yeah and I think something that I don't know like people like me who critique music for a living like will obviously gravitate towards vocals to sort of pick a hook on or something but with your album there is I don't know there's something that kind of carries it through and there's like an emotional sort of drive throughout it so was it quite a difficult task to kind of portray those emotions just through guitars drums and bass it's insanely hard <laughs> yeah. like, like that's why we we tracked retracked rewrote so much on this album it was crazy like we we Demoed went through like, like twice or three times yeah, more. Every than song, what we put every out. song, like <laughs> we retract. Like it's that's the 
not sitting behind vocals. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you can't be like, ah, it's good enough. Like, <laughs> every, every part has to be perfect. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in terms of kind of the sort of soundscape, because I think every sort of instrumental band obviously has their different sort of nuances and things like that. And as you mentioned, you kind of revisited tracks and things like that. So was it a case of kind of finding sort of that perfect level of kind of where the guitars meet, where the drums meet, where the bass kind of falls back, where the bass picks up? Was it kind of tweaking here and there, like to kind of, was that a lot of the process as well? Um, I mean, I, I guess I, I don't think we like, we don't like analyze it like that, I okay. guess. I think we just kind of, you know, like we all, we jam, we record and we all just like think if, like we just think about it, is that working or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's maybe more intuitive, I guess. Like we just, if it, if it's vibing, it's vibing. Yeah, you know no, I mean? no, 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 I totally get it. The, the reason I ask is I think my experience of, of being in a band, like I, I am a vocalist. So to sit back and watch like the musicians in my band kind of tweaking bits here and there, I always, especially like for an instrumental band, I find it interesting to find how their process works because as you say, you haven't got those vocals to kind of sit behind. So it's yeah. interesting to say there is that kind of element of almost kind of one and done kind of thing to, to an aspect of it yeah yeah I think like I think that's definitely happening like in our heads but I don't feel like we're thinking about it yeah you yeah no, 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 that's, that's I get that like you're not kind of going for the perfect on first time kind of thing yeah and um, cool I will start wrapping up and um, how I like to, to end these little interviews is ask my guests what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so what is your favorite Tyson Man song that you'd like to play live and why? So, Dan, I'll come with you first. Um, currently, I'm loving uh, Everything is Fine, Everyone is Happy. It's uh, it's the heaviest song on our new record, and it's so fun to play live. Yeah. Like, I get into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And yeah. Josh, yourself? Yeah, I mean, probably uh, the opposite of that, which is... <laughs> Because that one's the most energetic. I like the one where we get a little bit of a pause, and it's kind of unique for us because we, we, most of our old songs we kind of like play all the way through. Like yeah. there's always drums happening throughout the whole song. And uh, death is no dread enemy. We have like sort of like a minute, minute and a half, sort of just ambient section in the middle of the song, which that gives you a bit of a rest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if the question is live, why you like it? That's why. And I also think when it comes in after that. Yeah. Guys, really looking forward to your set later on tonight. Thank you very much for your Thank time. You. So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to Dan and Josh for taking some time out before their set at ATG to have a little chat with me. Uh, the band's record, Every Nothing, is out now, so go check that out on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you listen to your, your music on. Um, and you can follow the band on all the relevant social media platforms. As always, we'll put the links uh, in the description of this episode. Um, short and sweet exit for me this week. Um, as mentioned last week, we're going to have a break from Art Tangent for next week's episode uh, with a band I'm really excited to share with you guys. Um, but until then, thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.